to answer your question about what I've learned along the way is is really mostly about myself um, and how to to be better at working with others. And so I think it really starts within you. Um, and that's something I definitely didn't know, you know, 20 years ago where um, I was mostly um, out outward facing and not really you know, thinking about my own challenges and how I could uh, be better myself to actually be better with relationship with others. Um, so I think that that would be probably one of my biggest learning is, you know, start uh, reflecting on yourself and then you'll be better at working with others. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by J Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley in partnership with Leomitech, sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest Labs, Synergy Global, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, Birthright Excel, Serona Partners, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders, and today we're talking about sports and sports mentality. Welcome Miriam Glez, founder and CEO of Athletes Soul. Miriam is the founder of Athletes Soul, a nonprofit organization which supports athletes as they transition away from sports and the co-founder of the Women's Sports Forum, which promotes the well-being of female athletes. Glez is a former Olympic synchronized swimmer. She competed for France at the 2000 Olympics and for Australia at the 2008 Olympics. She has worked in marketing and sponsorship for Echo Hotels in France, Thailand, Australia, and French Polynesia. She was a high-performance consultant and coach for British Swimming before London 2012. She became the high-performance director and then CEO of USA Synchronized Swimming after moving to the US in 2012. Glez is passionate about sports and wellness. She lives in Venice, California with her husband and 11-year-old daughter. All right, let's do this. Miriam Glez, thank you so much for joining me on 20 Minute Leaders. I'm so honored and privileged to have you here. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the uh, on the interview. Of course, of course. I'm, we're going to have a great time because I love talking about leadership from a personal perspective and from experiential perspective. Uh, I can't think of more inspirational leaders uh, than, than people who are in sports and not only who are in sports, but dedicated their lives to both be incredible athletes, but then doing really, doing really good for the world. And, and I think that really, you know, is the embodiment of, of sort of your career, having participated in four Olympics, but in, in, in positions for four different countries from the French national team, the Australian national team, uh, Great Britain and, and, and United States, and uh, then taking on the role of the CEO of the USA Artistic Swimming with in between working for a big hotel in marketing and business development, only now to be the founder and CEO of Athletes Soul, sort of closing the loop. And so in, incredible, incredible experiences. And I, I want to distill with you you know, what you've learned from these experiences as a leader yourself, leading others and things that you're going to take with you for many, many years. So Miriam, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thanks for uh, this introduction. And uh, I have to uh, uh, give you a big disclaimer as we start is that um, I feel that all of it happened by accident. Um, you know, just <laughs> opportunities that, I, that I, I grabbed as they came along, to be honest. Um, but yeah, 
to answer your question about what I've learned along the way is is really mostly about myself um, and how to to be better at working with others. And so I think it really starts within you. Um, and that's something I definitely didn't know, you know, 20 years ago where um, I was mostly um, out outward facing and not really you know, thinking about my own challenges and how I could uh, be better myself to actually be better with relationship with others. Um, so I think that that would be probably one of my biggest learning is, you know, start uh, reflecting on yourself and then you'll be better at working with others. Take me back to the moment you're six and you're watching synchronized swimming in front of the television what was that? A, was that the moment of decision? Did you know already that this is your path? This is what you're going to work tirelessly for for many, many years. You know, I had uh, one of these uh, aha moment, I guess, uh, where I watched that sport on TV and I looked at my mom and I said, "Well, this is what I want to do." I think there was really an attraction uh, to the sport, and I had found you know, in that moment I had found something that uh, seems to be what I wanted to do. Uh, it's hard to like kind of really realize how can you know at, at six years old. Um, but I tried out and I don't think I remember, at least in the, in the first, you know, five to seven years, I don't remember one day not wanted, not wanting to go to training and practice and, um, and be disappointed by it. So there was definitely an attraction. And I think really, really early on, um, I mentioned that I wanted to go to the Olympics and um, I had that clear goal pretty pretty early on, um, probably as early as 10 years old. But why, Miriam? What was it that made <laughs> you every day want to get out of bed, I, I'm sure in crazy hours, to go and, and do synchronized swimming? Was it, you know, the sport itself? Was it the swimming, the teamwork? What, what, what was it? Um, I'm not quite sure, to be honest, what um, started it. Wow. It, it was really, um, I definitely had a passion for the water, so being being at the pool, being in, in my element, that felt really comfortable, um, even though I think I was wow. cold all the time. Um, <laughs> I liked the challenge. I think I was uh, inspired by the other uh, older athlete in the club that I was training at. And I always wanted to, I had that drive. I wanted to be better than them. I wanted to uh, try what they were doing. I remember pretty early on, like I would be training in one of the lane and then the older and more experienced athlete would be training on the other side. And all I wanted to do was not what I was given, but what they were doing. And so I would like stay afterwards wow. and practice to uh, try to do what they were doing. Um, and then showing the coach, you know, okay, I can do this. Can you move me to the other group? Uh, so I'm not quite sure. I, I was uh, really passionate about it. And listen, I had played tennis before. It was not my thing, definitely. Um, I don't. I think I was more of a distraction in the class, but this was something I could focus on for a long <laughs> period of time and I would never get bored of. Amazing. I, I love it. Now, if you 
I, I can't let this you know interview go by without having to ask for at least one story from the Olympics. I don't get to talk to many Olympians. Tell me, you know, what what is that like? What is it like going to not one Olympic but four Olympics and with four different countries? So I think uh, the first Olympics is really the one that you remember the most um, because everything becomes a surprise. Everything is amazing, uh, grandiose, and especially for someone who comes from a small sport, a niche sport where there's not that many spectators, going to your first Olympics is, you know, walking in the stadium and having all uh, thousands and thousands of people watch you, same thing at the pool. Um, these would be the moment that you definitely remember um, is, is having all these people look at you and, and come to cheer, on, cheer you on. Um, and then, you know, aside from that, my memories are really the journey that comes before and the hard work that was put in it. And you can't really um, cut that off from the final experience. It's sort of like packaged together, um, especially for the first Olympics in Sydney. Like, it was two years of really hard work training with the team together um, with experiences that build for that moment. So it's sort of all packaged together. Um, same thing with competing in Beijing with the Australian team. There were a few years before that leading up to that moment, especially in a sport where you create a choreography that you will practice for a couple of years and then compete in, in the Olympics afterwards. So you really have that momentum of uh, building a project, working at it, and then finally presenting your project. Um, and then competing for... Two different countries was really amazing. Um, they have complete different approach to the Olympic spirit. Um, it, it, you know, there's a different culture with it. And then participating in, in other uh, Olympics in a different role was also uh, extremely exciting. Although I was less in control and that can be a little bit frustrating where you feel that you're... Um, you're there, you're there to support, uh, but at the end of the day, you're not performing. And so you don't have that part of control where when I was an athlete, although I had the, the stress and, and the pressure, I was in control of that stress and pressure by being able to uh, control my performance. So, yeah, that for my four. four uh, last question games. about the Olympics and then. And then I and then I want to transition to athlete soul, because I think what you're doing is so interesting. Uh, Miriam, take me to the moment right before your first synchronized swim and your first Olympics. You're standing there. What goes through your mind? I'll never get to experience a moment like this in my life. What m help me get there? What what do you go, what do you experience at that moment? So actually, so this is back to Sydney. Um, so that was my first Olympics and. I think we had worked so hard and we were so ready. We could have not done more than what we had done. And there was not very much that was going through my mind before we competed because I felt we were ready. And unlike wow. other competition where I felt, okay, I need to be sure to do this there or I need to be sure to do this or I don't know if this is going to work. This time I... I 
I felt pretty peaceful actually. I thought that um, we had done it. We had done everything we could, and so that was a really exciting moment to be able to experience that at one of your top competition is walk on the deck and be like, okay, I've got this. Um, so that's how I felt in Sydney, even though we had a very difficult warm up. Um, I was actually on one of the acrobatics that we were doing, which was a first where we had a myself stand on the feet of another athlete and coming out of the water. Um, this was the first time that was done in the sport. It was a very dangerous acrobatic that never worked in warm up. Okay, Miriam, that exact moment, you've practiced for 15 times, you never got to work, dangerous acrobatic, and you're, you're living with a cliffhanger here. That's exactly right. And uh, none, of the, none of my teammates or coaches wanted to kind of look at me, I think, before we, we went for that swim because everybody was scared. And for some reason, I wasn't scared. I felt like I don't have a choice. This has to work. This is the moment you've been working on for all these years and whatever happened, this will, this will, this will work and you'll make it work. And so you've got to convince yourself this, this is going to happen and will happen well, because you don't want to make an embarrassment of yourself at the Olympics. Um, so in some, Unbelievable. for some reason I found, I found my peace before going, you know, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> It, it worked in the actual scenario, right? In the actual competition, it worked. It worked in the competition, no problem. We had a good swim. We performed okay. the way we want. So it was all good. Okay, okay. I just needed to make sure to wrap the story because I got a little concerned towards the end, but we're all good. So Miriam, transition with me to your work post being an athlete. So both as a coach, as a CEO, as a business development, as marketing, and specifically today with Athlete Soul, where does the inspiration for that come from? So um, the inspiration for Athlete Soul kind of comes from multiple directions. Part of it is from my personal experience with athletic, re athletic retirement. I actually... Um, was asked by my coaches to choose between sport and academics um, after the Sydney Olympics, going into the Athens Olympics. So I ended up going to business school and leaving the sport and really leaving the sport for good um, with this idea of like diving into a different part of my life. And I was lucky enough to be able to, to come back into the sport and compete again and have closure in my second retirement. Um, but I think what I learned from it was that I felt this was pretty backward having to ask someone to choose between two really highly competitive environment and why not being able to do both and find ways to create a, th a third pass. Why do you have to do this or this? Can we find another solution? So I think that was part of the inspiration. Um, and then the rest is also observation from the world of sport where my experience is was very not very different from other athletes i've seen a lot of athletes who've struggled with their transition and retirement um whether it was because it wasn't their choice because of injuries or they were solely focused on sport and had nothing else on the side um 
So these two things were the inspiration and then uh, discussing and working with other former athletes who were in that space of athletic retirement and had observe, observe the same challenges. I think um, altogether we wanted to do something different and something that would be available to all athletes um, from any sport, any level, and most of all, that would be non-profit in the sense that it would be accessible financially for athletes to um, to participate and receive the support. So, so what is Athletes Soul? So, Athletes Soul is a nonprofit organization that uh, was founded by former athlete and is run by former athlete um, with the mission to support athlete as they transition away from sport. But we also uh, raise awareness about the challenges of athletic retirement. And we do this through many different services, uh, educational resources, courses, group coaching, uh, individual coaching, basically uh, different resources that help athletes before, during, and after their uh, transition from sport. And the goal is really to like help athletes be better prepared for what comes next, but also develop beyond sport. Um, and then facilitate and, and even accelerate the process of transitioning into the next chapter. Why do you think we don't hear enough about the challenges of the transition of athletes from sports to their next professional lives? Why is this something that we don't hear enough about? Well, I, I think that, you know, we want to hear about athletes when they are at the top of their games and when they're doing amazing feats. Um, mm. I think with the change, a little bit the evolution in mentality where we see more athletes now speaking out about mental health, uh, we are starting to get into those topics of, of more, um, you know, some of the difficulties that athletes face and perhaps athletic retirement will come more to the forefront. Um, but the reality is, you know, when, when you're done with your sport, you just become like a normal person. And um, I think this is also why it becomes difficult to deal with and, and challenging is you, you, lo you lose this whole athletic identity that you have been building for many, many years. And so um, nobody is really interested in hearing, you know, what you're struggling with when your time is over. Um, and that's sort of where we come into the picture is, is to help those that are struggling with this. Incredible. What is it like for you to, you know, take this position now, work with athletes, you know, sort of close the loop with your own professional career and your athletic career? What, you know, how do you experience what you're doing now? Um, it's extremely rewarding. Uh, I get to... Uh, work with athletes all day long and former athlete. I've actually, um, in the last three years through this work, I've made some, uh, I've met some incredible uh, people and talked about things that were never talked about when I was an athlete. Um, so I feel pretty lucky to be able to work with such individuals, but also to kind of change the narrative on this topic. And yeah, it's, it's just uh, incredible and, and much more uh, in line with what I would like to do 
Um, it's not necessarily about, you know, going to the Olympics and the big competition. It's really just helping um, individuals with their, their own journey. How do we make that um, as best as we can? Incredible. Miriam, I want to thank you so much for these 20 minutes, for the work that you're doing for athletes, uh, for the inspiration that I'm sure you've served so many people in four different countries and the four different Olympics that you've, that, that you've been a part of. I think that, you know, I, it's inspiring for me, people that go through these really intense experiences. And I can, I, I, I know uh, a little bit about how T- difficult it is to get to the position that you were at and competing at the level that you competed competed in. And I think it's inspiring that you're then coming and closing the loop, identifying this pain point and then coming and solving it at scale with Athlete Soul. Uh, and I just love it. And thank you for spending this time with me. Uh, and I can't wait to share this with the world. Thank you very much. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Um, but yeah, On thanks for end. the time and, and the questions. Thank you very, very much.